Come in. Here we go again. Up early, feed the dog, out the door, traffic, at the office, boss in some kind of mood today, no time for lunch, annoying co-worker, no time to relax, bedtime. Then we gotta do it all again? Uh, no way. Because the best way to break up the mundane every day is to play. At Wild Rose Casino and Resort. Slots, tables, sports, and a whole lot of perks when you join and play with your club wild card. So, let's play. Wild Rose Casino and Resort, Clinton. Hi, I'm Jim Street, owner of Streets Maintenance. As a licensed, insured, and bonded master plumber, I specialize in all plumbing repairs, including but not limited to water heater and sump pumps to toilet and faucet repairs and replacements. For more information about my business, I'm online at streetsmaintenance.com and Facebook, or give me a call at 400-4483. 400-4483. Hello there, and welcome to the Mailbag Podcast here on hawkfanatic.com. It is Tuesday, February the 20th, a little after 10 a.m. Central Time, about an hour after I normally record these on Tuesdays. Apologies for being a little bit behind. I'm recovering from uh, left on Friday, got back last night from uh, the President's Day Classic Club Volleyball Tournament in St. Louis at the America Center, so... Um, it was mostly at the America Center. One of the days I had to drive our youngest daughter out to a satellite location. None of this stuff matters to you. Suffice it to say, I watched a lot of volleyball and not mu- didn't do much else the last three days. Both daughters and uh, enjoyed the hell out of it. Got to, uh, some of you may know, I do some work for PrepDig.com as well for the Iowa site. And uh, got to see a lot of club teams from the state of Iowa down there that I will write up and post photos of on prep dig so if you're the parent of uh a uh a kid that plays club volleyball and was at the st louis event uh maybe got them there were a lot a lot of teams i got to who i could get to but uh we'll post those up there for those folks that that concerns uh, a lot of high school basketball going on right now state wrestling just ended as well and certainly much going on the Iowa Hawkeye beat as well. I'm not a beat writer anymore, but uh, still cover Iowa athletics, photo-wise, opinion-wise. I write a game story here and there. Don't really chase down much breaking news. That's not my job description anymore. I am an independent contractor for multiple Iowa Hawkeye sites. But anyway... um, Obviously, since the last time we talked, Caitlin has broken the scoring record, and uh, Don Staley has said nice things about her. Cheryl Swoops apologized for her comments that caused an uproar, so good good on those guys for uh, coming around and supporting somebody who's growing the sport, and uh, sometimes competition and uh, being competitive gets the best of people. I do understand to a degree where those guys are coming from in terms of one person getting that much attention. Um, But in the grand scheme of things, I've made the analogy of, you know, Tiger Woods and, you know, there being jealousy for what he did in golf. I get some of that with the women's basketball game too, because there are so many great players out there. Uh, But obviously what, uh, the woman is doing in Iowa City is legendary. Uh, she is a legend. Uh, it's cool you don't you don't get to see that what we're witnessing right now. 
very often in sports. And uh, it's cool that it's here. And Thursday night in Carver, my first game in Carver was 97, I believe. The 97-98 season was my first year covering Iowa basketball and uh, both men and women. And I've never heard it louder than Thursday night when they played against Michigan and Caitlin set the scoring record and also scored 49 points to set the individual scoring record for the program. But uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was pretty awesome. Pretty awesome to be there. Those folks that did get a chance to get in uh, know what I'm talking about and the folks that got to watch it on TV soaked it up as well. So Really just an awesome historic night in Carver-Hawkeye Arena. And uh, that place can get rocking. Uh, the acoustics in there are pretty deadly uh, for the opposition when it gets rocking. And it was rocking Thursday night. Michigan hung tough there for a while, but um, not not on that night. Coffee sip. <sighs> I need a lot of coffee today. I am dragging. Saturday was my longest day. I woke up. Took the younger one out, like I said, to the satellite location for volleyball. And that was shit, half hour, 40 minutes away. Uh, had to have her there by 7.30 in the morning and then came back and watched her session. Then my oldest daughter was in the afternoon session at the other facility and uh, got there, got back there about 2.30 and watched her till about 7.30 or 8 o'clock that night. So it was a marathon and then we got up again yesterday early i think we had a a nine o'clock match so got home late yesterday afternoon early evening i guess it was probably around 6 30 so back at it and to uh continue rolling here uh through the week uh got a lot of stuff rob how hn on twitter you can follow my adventures all over uh high school college uh whatever uh independent contractor <laughs> means you're running all over the place with your head cut off, so to speak. But, uh, yeah, uh, the women have been off. They play tomorrow night, I believe, uh, Wednesday, February the 21st. If I'm not mistaken, it might be Thursday. Let me bring that up. I should probably have the schedules in front of me. My brain is mush after this weekend, but um, huge game, obviously. The next game is at Indiana, and Indiana lost on the road last night at um, Illinois, which is helpful to Ohio State and Iowa, could very well come down to that last game of the year um, when Ohio State comes to Carver-Hawkeye Arena. Uh, it's Thursday. My apologies. It's on Peacock again, too. But Thursday night, 7 o'clock, number four, Iowa against number 14, Indiana. Uh, Indiana will probably drop a little bit after the loss to Illinois. Um, then, So the Iowa women have four remaining games. It's this Thursday against Indiana, this coming Sunday noon at home on FS1 against Illinois, uh, then at Minneapolis uh, next Wednesday, February the 28th, and that's at 8 o'clock on Peacock, and then finish up Sunday, March the 3rd, Carver-Hawkeye Arena noon on Fox, Ohio State Senior Day. Uh, that will be... That'll be fun. It won't be like last Thursday when the record was going down, but that place will be rocking Sunday, March the 3rd. So I'd try to secure some tickets now if you can on the secondary market because they're going to go nothing but up. Um, let me bring up the uh, Big Ten women's standings. Women's basketball. Let's see. 
standings wise. Um, so Ohio State is a game ahead of Iowa. Iowa really needs to win at Indiana to keep pace with Ohio State. And then if they, um, I'm not sure what Ohio State's schedule looks like the rest of the way. Let's see if I can bring them up. Yeah, Ohio State um, has Penn State this week. Penn State and Maryland, they have Michigan left, and then Iowa. So we'll be favored in all those games, obviously. Uh, number two in the country, Ohio State. Uh, I think, I don't know where that one is. But anyway, um, Iowa game behind Ohio State, so some ground to make up there. Um, the uh, The loss at Nebraska was killer. There's no other way around it. That one was the one where you're like, ah, that's the one you can't give up when you're going for the Big Ten title. But it's water under the bridge now. Got to rebound, recover, um, and get going. So uh, Thursday night, again, at Indiana, 7 o'clock, FS1. And then Sunday at home, noon, F- no, excuse me, Indiana's Peacock, Illinois' FS1. Those are the two games this week. On the men's side, the men got an enormous victory on Saturday overtime against Wisconsin. First quad one win of the year. Sorely needed a win like that, and uh, especially coming off of of the loss uh, the previous game. Um, Where was that at? Uh, Yeah, at Maryland. That was one that was there for the taking and did not happen, so... Iowa's gotten some nice wins at home, Minnesota, Wisconsin, of late. Um, but uh, got to keep rolling, and they play uh, tonight. Uh, so this will be a short sh- shelf life, so I won't go into this much. But uh, tonight, quick turn, relatively, sorry about that, relatively quick turnaround, uh, Saturday to Tuesday at Michigan State. That is 6 o'clock tonight on Peacock uh, for the men's game tonight. So, um and then uh, this Saturday at Illinois, uh, two tough, tough road games this week for Iowa. If Iowa could get a split this week, um, that's doing some work because these are two of the two of the tougher teams in the league on the road, two of the tougher places in the league to play on the road. Um, so work cut out for the Hawks this week, but something to build off with that nice win Saturday. Um, Iowa – when Iowa plays well, they look really good. And you're like, this is an NCAA tournament team. And then they look like, you know, down the stretch like they did at Maryland. And you're like, nope, not an NCAA tournament team. So a lot of work to do for Iowa. Still a game under 500 in the league. Really needs to get to 500 in the league um, by the end of the regular season and then do a little work in the tournament and then maybe have a chance to be on the bubble talk. Uh, Iowa wrestling bounce back. Um, this past Sunday with a senior day victory over Wisconsin, 34 to seven, uh, after consecutive losses at Michigan and at home, the Penn state and Hawkeye wrestling rep, rep, wraps up its regular season this Sunday, February 20, 25th at Oklahoma state. And that's a two o'clock. And that one's on FS one as well. So nice little, uh, exposure there for the wrestling program and the sport in general on Sunday. Uh, that is a 2 p.m. So basically you'll have the Iowa women and then Oklahoma State Hawkeye wrestling to follow, 
roughly on on Sunday. So nice Sunday. No more football, but you get a little Hawkeye athletics. So with that, let's jump into some questions. Thankfully, you guys took it easy on me today. Not a ton here, and I appreciate that because I'm a little soft in the brain today, but uh, more than usual. Uh, Paul Zoss at Judge Paz. This is from February the 18th, so on Sunday. Again, good time for the PSA. Hashtag HF mail. That's hashtag HF mail anytime during the week uh, between the two podcasts, the Tuesday podcast, when I wrap this one up and when I pick up next Tuesday, which will be February 27th, uh, with your questions and comments. You can send them anytime and I'll pick up where I left off the previous week and uh, jump in, is which, I, which I've done here with Paul. I don't know if John Budmeyer will be a good wide receivers coach, but he. But when he was hired, KF said it made a lot of sense. Why does this make sense? That's just what he said when he made BF the quarterback coach. I think you, you're looking at it, Paul, how does it make sense to you? Kirk is saying it makes sense to him. He's not making telling <laughs> he, he may be trying to tell you that it should make sense to you, but that's up to you. Right. That's up to each and every one of us out here. What we think of this hire, it makes sense to him. Um, He can't speak for anybody else in this situation. You, I'm guessing it does not make sense. The Brian Ferentz quarterback coach thing did not make sense. Um, This makes more sense than that, but it also is not a hire that should be met with full confidence. It just isn't. And it's not only John, John Budmeyer um, as a factor in that view. It's the position itself and the struggles it's had and the recruiting at that position and the development at that position. It's hard to know what Iowa has there. A lot of young guys that haven't done anything yet that you hope can be developed. But is this guy the guy that, to develop wide receivers? I don't know. He's not coached wide receivers before. There are guys that haven't coached positions that they played or coached before, and it works out. Um, But this is the one position where you would really want to have somebody with, you know, institutional knowledge of that position of just every – nook and cranny of what goes into that position because I was going to have to develop that position. It's not going, unless it spends a ton of money in NIL and then, then that's a different road to go down. But, and then even then, I mean, how much is it going to cost you to get a top flight wide receiver to come into an offense that's been this bad? Um, You know, that, that could be career suicide for somebody. Um, Coffee sip. I need a coffee sip talking about wide receivers. But um, so it doesn't make complete sense to me. Obviously, I do have respect for Kirk Ferentz's football knowledge and decision making, but he's imperfect. And this is one you can certainly question and say, this one just doesn't make a lot of sense on the surface. For some reason, it makes sense to him. And uh, we haven't talked to him about that either. We probably won't until we get to uh, spring football. I doubt we'll have any uh, availability with him until then. 
Um, so he can explain that higher then, but um, they haven't added anybody. Lost Deontay Vines and Nico Regani at that position, and now you're bringing in a receivers coach that hasn't coached the position who has been somebody who's helped with the offense the last two seasons, which has been bad, including the quarterback play, which he's directly responsible for, partly responsible for, that hasn't been good. So it's fully, I mean, anybody who chastises you for questioning this hire is completely Kool-Aid drinking Iowa fan or somebody on the coaching staff or in the football facility, because just on paper and from the outside, it just, it's an uninspiring hire, uninspiring compared to Marvin McNutt or David Rye guys that played here, guys that have played or coached the position before with success. Uh, It doesn't make, but again, there have been, you know, hires where people question it that turn out to be pretty good hires. And that's what you have to hope for here. But certainly a fair question, Paul. And uh, I appreciate you asking it, getting in um, when you did, using the advantage of the HF mail hashtag. Sorry, I'm a little foggy, folks. If I start to drift, I apologize. (laughs) I'm having a tough time focusing. Not enough coffee yet. Uh, Trip Manfro at PFAC51 on the Twitter X machine. This is from 23 hours ago. Um, so before I actually sent out my solicitation tweet for questions, um, he got in before that, as did the next. Most of you guys got in before I actually sent out the tweet, which was like at almost 9 o'clock last night. But uh, Trip asks, what's ha- what happens first? Hawkeye men's host first round NIT game or the 24-25 Big Ten Conference hoop schedule is released? I am going to go with the former trip. I don't know what the timeline is on the conference schedule for hoops, um, but kind of um, weaving in the four new teams from the West Coast, I think that puzzle – of putting together a hoops conference schedule is going to be difficult. We may get first, okay, these are who the teams are going to play. And then later, a little bit down the road, this is when they're going to play once the TV and logistics for travel uh, come into play. So, um, yeah, I would go with the NIT. Let's see, when is the first round? 2024 NIT. Let's see. When does that start? Uh, NIT 2024. Oh, man. They make this so hard to figure out. Uh, NIT bracket schedule. Uh, It looks like that will be selections for the NIT are March 17th. And the first round games are the 19th. And today is February the 20th. So we're talking roughly a month. You probably know this trip. You keep better track of this stuff than I do. Um, but basically the first round of the NIT is, uh, the 19th and the 20th, um, of March. And, um, maybe we get the, the 
Big Ten basketball schedule for next season before then, but I'm going to say they uh, take some time uh, to work through everything uh, from a logistical standpoint, as I said, because travel is going to be a major, major concern, as will television when trying to put together a schedule uh, for basketball when you have that many teams. And they've already talked about the structure of it who plays who and, you know, rotations and things like that. So there's some, they try to do the best to have a balanced schedule, Um, but we'll see what happens. And if anybody was wondering, the defending NIT champion is North Texas. North Texas beat UAB in the championship game last year. They beat um, Wisconsin 56-54 in the, uh, in the semifinals, and then UAB beat Utah Valley. Uh, other other quarterfinalists were Vandy, Cincinnati, Oklahoma State, and Oregon. Wisconsin beat Oregon to get into the, the final four. So there you go. little NIT history for you guys. Appreciate the question, EFAC. Uh, let's hop back in here. Um Let's, you know what? Let's take a little break. It's a good time as any. Um, I need to do a read here, but I need to get some more coffee in me, uh, fill my cup a little bit more. So uh, good time to take a little break, hear from our sponsors, and then I'll be back. Not a lot of questions on the other side. So uh, we'll be a short mailbag pod, which again, I appreciate a lot. Support for this podcast comes from Systems Unlimited, celebrating 50 years of providing services to people living with disabilities and mental health needs throughout East Central Iowa. A list of their services and upcoming events can be found at sui.org. That is sui.org. Thank you so much to Systems Unlimited for the tremendous work they're doing in the community, and we certainly appreciate their support of this podcast. Hear from a few more of our sponsors now, and I'll be back shortly to continue on with your questions. Hang in there. Hi, this is AJ Perez, managing partner at Deary Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Waukee and Iowa City. I'm so proud of our team at both locations. We are committed to one thing, giving our customers the absolute best when it comes to service and a car buying experience, the kind of experience that brings you back. What makes us different? We believe at Deary, we don't just sell cars, we help people buy them. Do you need a great electrical contractor or fire and water restoration specialist? Well, contact Lance Bolin at LB Electric and LJ Construction in North Liberty. Lance has served the corridor for many years and is ready to help you. Call Lance Bolin at 319-640-1116. That's 319-640-1116. Or visit LJ underscore construction on Instagram for licensed and insured electrical work, fire and water restoration, and remodeling. And we are back here on the Mailbag Podcast, hawkfanatic.com. Please check out our feed, subscribe, like, all that good stuff that can help us out, hawkfanatic.com. Podcast feed, again, for those that don't know, a new, fresh, hawk-centric podcast most business days, uh, Monday through Friday. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, the flagship podcast with Pat Hardy, and the folks at KCJJ, 
Uh, Tuesday is me here doing the mailbag. Thursday, Scott Dockerman and I live stream 9 a.m. YouTube. So we'll send out the link on Twitter X for that uh, with the Hotspot podcast. And then we have some other things going on. Brian Hurley does a, I believe, a weekly Hawkeye history podcast, former Iowa kicker Brian Hurley. So those are tremendous. And they're not very long either. You can 20 minutes or a half hour and you get some really fun Hawkeye history lessons from Brian. Uh, He does excellent research. So check those out as well. Um, I think he records those on Saturday or Sunday and try to get them on the site on the weekend for folks, especially when they're doing yard work. It's always good to have a Hawkeye podcast while you're doing yard work. Uh, So uh, again, we would appreciate any support you could give us. Uh, We appreciate doing those for you guys, but it helps us if we get, you know, good feedback and and things like that on this, on the platforms, the podcast platforms, it helps us in terms of selling advertising and uh, making money so we can continue to do this. So we appreciate the support. And especially for you guys that listen regularly, uh, really appreciate it. Uh, 44 M less a regular contributor to the podcast and this is uh at 44 m west on twitter he's got a few here uh i want your prediction barring injuries owen freeman's career at iowa when he's finished thousand point scorer question mark yes no question i think he's gonna surpass without without an injury he'll surpass that easily i'm not sure he's an early entry uh into the nba um he's probably a four-year guy um he's got a kind of extend his game a little bit more uh, out onto the floor. I think he needs a fit, little bit more of a face-up game. Uh, as he develops, he'll get that. All Big Ten, yeah. He's definitely be the freshman of the year this year, so that's tracking towards All Big Ten. Uh, what former Hawkeye does he remind me of? Ah, that's a good question. I don't know if I have a direct comp. And the thing is with basketball, you know, it evolves – I, I, most sports do, but for basketball, it's just like, you know, you th- see what Luka Doncic is doing and and guys that are um, doing things that you hadn't seen before, certain body types doing things you hadn't seen before. And Owen is a uh, Owen is a, a, a really good athlete, as we've seen. He uh, attacks the rim, attacks the glass, attacks block shots. He just Attack, attack, attack. That's Owen Freeman. Very high motor, um, athletic. I don't have a direct comp. I'll have to think about that, Wes, and maybe I could come up with one. Um, it's probably going to be like a, a, a more of a hybrid of two or three guys because his skills are just a little bit different with his size and uh and the way he plays around the rim, plays around the rim, particularly on both ends of the floor, um, just different, right? He's not Luca. Um, he's not really Tyler Cook, although probably closer to Tyler Cook than Luca. Better athlete than Luca, not quite as good an athlete as Tyler Cook, but athletic enough. Um, and I could go down the list, go back. You know, he's not Utah. He's not Aaron White. Um, he's not really like a Jess Settles again, another guy, but Jess Settles was whatever. He, he's not as tall as Owen, so different comp there. It's just hard to get a direct comp for Owen, and that's a credit to him. He's got a uh, a 
kind of a unique skill set and a unique game. Um, you look at him and you wouldn't think that he he's going to play the way he's going to play when you watch him. So um, really a big fan of Owen. I was when he came, was coming in. I thought that was uh, a heck of a sign by Fran. Again, another kid he got in on real early, um, made a great impression on kind of like with Luca and Tyler Cook and uh, carried it home. Doesn't always happen, but Fran is very good at eyeing and evaluating high school talent and uh, getting guys that fit his system. And Owen is certainly one of those. Coffee sip. What's your assessment of Patrick? This is 44M Leskin. What's your assessment of Patrick McCaffrey's season this year and overall career? I know he's had his fair share of struggles on and off the court, but has he played to what people expected of him when he arrived on campus? Also, I like him coming off the bench. I'm with you on the last point. I wasn't so sure I would earlier in the season um, because there was talk about putting Owen Freeman in for Patrick. I kind of liked Owen coming off the bench early because of that energy and high motor, but he needs to be in the starting lineup. That was a bad evaluation on my part. Um, But I, too, like Patrick getting a chance to kind of settle in on the bench, see what's going out on the floor, see what the opponent is doing, see what's what is and might work against the given opponent, and then being able to put it into practice once he checks into the game. Um, Yeah, I think um, your point about his struggles on and off the court um, are something I'm particularly sympathetic to. Uh, Mental health, uh, certainly something that many of us deal with not only on a personal basis, but maybe somebody who's close to you, a loved one. Um, And, you know, he's not going to come out and make excuses for it, but anxiety is a tough thing. And you're, you know, you're on a big stage that can create that and you just don't know when it's going to pop up. Um, I think the earlier it is in the day is what I've heard. Uh, the harder it is on Patrick. So day games are a little bit more difficult for him just from a mental standpoint um, than they are night games. I'm not sure what the reasoning is for that. We all have different like biorhythms and, and things that affect our mood. Um, but harder for him, I think, during the day. And uh, I think he's come back from his ankle injury and, and settling into that six-man role. Um, as far as expectations, less. Uh, that's for other people to decide. I'm not dismissing. I think that he's been a disappointment uh, for for people that that maybe thought he would um, be more impactful at this level. Um, but he's been a part of winning teams and made made quite a few winning type plays. I think this year he's become a little bit more consistent. In the past, he's had times where he's out of control, and Fran has to take him out because he's just. He's trying to do too much sometimes, um, but when he plays under control and within himself, and I know those are cliches, he can be very effective. He's a tough matchup. Uh, he's a tough matchup defensively when he's out at the front of that three-quarter court press. Um, he can handle the ball. He's got long arms to block shots and alter shots. Uh, when he's on his three-pointer, um, he can get in a rhythm with that. He makes him even more difficult because to defend because – Teams don't know whether to take away because he's he's good at taking the ball to the basket, um, and gotten stronger. 
I think that was the hardest thing for him earlier in his career because of the medication from thyroid cancer. It's hard for him to add strength uh, and weight. So that's been difficult for him as well. I'm probably not going to give you the answer that most people would give you less. Um, but I, I've enjoyed Patrick's career. I've enjoyed that the kid's been able to, and he's not a kid anymore. I always see him as that, you know, the freshman at Iowa city West that I first interviewed. Um, but, uh, I'm proud of him because what he's been able to fight through, you know, physical illness and mental health, what he's been able to overcome I have a great appreciation for what he's been able to do at the highest level of college basketball. That is not easy to do. Um, that's kind of my assessment. I think each individual person probably has their own evaluation and assessment. And like I said, I, I would not be surprised if, you know, I asked 10 Hawkeye fans um, that there's going to be it, people in that group that say he's been a disappointment um, top hundred player uh expected more and i get that but that's the that's what you get with expectations and recruiting rankings and things like that sometimes they're skewed and you know adam woodbury um i think was a disappointment for folks because he was so highly recruited and because iowa was able to get him away from north carolina and what he did in college people are like well that wasn't a guy that we you know that didn't he didn't live up to the a lot of hype for some people, but if you appreciate the game of basketball, you appreciate what Adam Woodbury brought to the court defensively, outlet passes, rebounding, um, pa- you know, passing even in the half court. He saw the court well, um, and Iowa had its best defensive teams in the Fran McCaffrey era when Adam Woodbury was playing center. You can go back and check that. I'm pretty sure statistically, and just from an eye test standpoint, um, Iowa was a better defensive team back then uh, during that stretch than than most other years under Fran McCaffrey. And Adam had certainly had a lot to do with that. Um, And I would say um, Iowa's been pretty prolific here uh, in, in terms of history compared to you know, making the NCAA tournament for uh, the the years that Patrick's been here, um, he deserves some credit for that and his ability to contribute to that, especially during uh, going through things that are off the court. All right, last one here from Les. Um, I know the girls' state brackets came out already, but I was wondering what girls' and boys' basketball teams from Iowa, the city CR, have the best chance to win it all. I saw Solon Boys play a few weeks ago, and that is team is legit. Have a great week and go Regals. Yeah, I saw Regina plays. They're in a tough bracket. Uh, I forget who they play next. I looked at it this morning, but I know the boys are still going. The girls play. Who do they play? They play tomorrow night at Cedar Rapids Kennedy in a game that I think they maybe it's Cascade. Is that right? I could have that wrong, but. Um, I think Clear Creek girls have a chance to win it all. I think the West boys have a chance to win it all, but Cedar Rapids Kennedy boys are the odds-on favorite there. Um, 
trying to think who else. Soul and girls, soul and boys have opportunity. Um, you just never know what you're going to get down in Des Moines. Um, you know, you have a bad day, you're off and you're out, you know, so we'll kind of see how things go. But those are pretty much, I think, the West boys from the bigger school standpoint from Iowa City. I And I, excuse me, I focus more on the Iowa City schools than I do Cedar Rapids, but I know Kennedy is uh, is the top team in 4A and it's not really been close this year, so that's going to be the toughest one. Um, and West may get them early. Uh, I think West lost to them in a game that was pretty closely contested throughout. And then Kennedy pulled away in the fourth, but I think our third or fourth, and that was a 12, 14 point win for Kennedy over West. Um, but from the girls standpoint, uh, West high still rolling there. Um, don't think they're a state championship level team yet, but they have to go on the road to Waukee maybe. Um, but I would say if I was picking which teams have the best chance to win it all, I would say Solon, boys and girls, Clear Creek girls, West boys, and Regina girls. I think that would be the group I would pick from the Iowa City area. Um, not as seasoned on the Cedar Rapids area, other than I do know Kennedy is really good uh, for the boys, but that's not breaking any news. All right, that's all the questions I have that are here, but I know Emily asked a question, and of course it does not pop up, Emily. Uh, sticking with <laughs> sticking with the pattern, um, this is from Emily Castillo-Utero, uh, Emily Hawk 99 on the... Twitter X. Hi, Rob. Any insight into the Iowa basketball tar targets who have recently visited? The women just hosted a recruit from Alaska, which would be interesting to know if we've ever landed a recruit from there. Instead of Iowa being a deterrent in this case, it might feel balmy like to her. <laughs> um, yes, and they are, they do. Um, and Angie Lee actually recruited them, but Lisa they were holdovers when Lisa Bluter, Lisa Bluter took over the program. And uh, Leah Magner and Beatrice Bullock. They were in the same class. Um, this had to be late 90s. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, they both married Iowa football players. Um, I think Beatrice Bullock married Khalil Hill, if I'm not mistaken. Um, see, now I'm going to have to do a little research on this. Uh, let's see here. I'll bring this up. Sorry, this isn't great for podcasting, but uh, let's see. Uh, ba -ba 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 -ba. Let me flip over to my Facebook, away from the other. Ryan Hansen. Leah Magner married Ryan Hansen. If you remember, he had a late interception in the 2000 game at Penn State, and Iowa upset Penn State in, in State College. And uh, I remember being outside that um, the locker room is connected to the media room there, so you could hear the celebration and uh, how important that was to Kirk Ferentz in building the program that went in 2000. And Ryan Hansen played a big role, played at Iowa city West actually, and was a Hayden recruit. And uh, 
he he was recruited by Hayden and then played for Hayden and Kirk and Leah Magner, his wife, was recruited by Angie Lee and played for Angie Lee and Lisa Bluter. So little trivia there for that. And then uh let me see. I I could have sworn Beatrice Bullock is is married to uh Khalil Hill, but I could be wrong on that. Um good people though. Uh though Khalil was from City High. Uh let me see if I can find something on her. But anyway, I know they both Beatrice Iowa. I'm sorry, this is not great radio. Um husband. I'll let you guys Google this yourself, but uh, I can't run it down. I thought it was Khalil Hilk, but I could be wrong on that. Um, that analysis. Uh, but both were really good players from Alaska. And uh, Beatrice Bullock's brother played somewhere locally as well, or collegiately as well. But anyway, there's a little trivia. Beatrice Bullock, Leah Magner. Hey, that's the those are the Alaskans that I remember that have played for for Iowa women's basketball. There could be more, but those are the two that I was I covered both of those kids. So they're they're probably in their 40s now. So not kids anymore. <laughs> but uh, I don't have a ton, Emily, on basketball recruiting. I've just so, been so busy with other things. And again, as an independent contractor, I kind of have to prioritize when I'm covering for the many outlets that I work for. So basketball recruiting right now is just not as big for me. I'll get into that more in the spring once uh, the AEU season starts and I get a better handle on where kids are and interest level for Iowa. And I, but I know the the men's team and the women's team have had kids that have visited that uh, are very interested in the, our programs, the Iowa programs. And uh, there's mutual interest, obviously, or they wouldn't invite him to campus, but uh appreciate the question, Emily. And uh, I'll try to get into that more as we get into the spring, try to get some more insight for you on uh, basketball recruiting for both men and women. All right, folks, I think that pretty much does it. We've gone about 40 minutes here, which is plenty for me today. I need, um, I don't know, I may need an energy shot or something today to get through today. Going to Clear Creek tonight, Clear Creek girls play a regional final, uh, I think against Keokuk uh, in Tiffin. So we'll check that out tonight. So if you're out there, say hi. If uh, If you hear this and I'm out there and you see me and I'm awake. <laughs> which will be a challenge i think tonight i may need coffee throughout the day anyway i really appreciate you guys listening thank you so much to everybody that sent in questions again hf mail hashtag hf mail anytime between now and when i record next week tuesday february the 27th uh send them my way and i will pick off pick up where i left off today and uh, we'll get after it again uh, this Thursday. Hot spot with Scott Docterman, 9 a.m. Central Time. We'll stream that on YouTube. We'll tweet out the link when we go live. So check us for that. Um, until then, uh, you guys be well. Peace. <laughs>